There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello, dumpty dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. Simply call 0203 031 3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting, or, well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203-031-3105. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the bunch of grapes that is Royfield Brown and with me I have the overflowing bedpan that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Peggy's hospital visit focuses you. Now this week's Dumpty Dum is from the Academic Arches over the... all the way over there in Reading, wasn't it Lucy? Yep. Yeah, ooh. And um, there, there was a lot of them there doing a Dumpty Dum. They did it awesomely and uh, we'd like to thank them. Uh, for sending in that wonderful dum-de-dum. I love all the sheep bars at the end. <laughs> Thank you, everybody over there, the academic archers, you clever spotty lot. Now, Lucy, if someone would like to send us in a dum-de-dum, how can that um, be done? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then you can call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton, for his character counts 
and Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. There you go. I didn't say it as one word this time. <laughs> uh, Derek and Auntie Cardboard are still self-isolating. Uh, they're passing the time by learning a new language on Duolingo. Swedish, they're learning. Uh, Derek got as far as, I've got something to show you, but Auntie Cardboard just couldn't get her tongue round it. <laughs> it is a tricky language, Swedish. Very tricky. Very tricky. On this week's episode... We hear views from Red Agnes, Merlin, Auntie Jean, Paul Room, Paul Room, a brother from another mother, Margot with a hard tea, Titian with a spoon, young Keith, Viv, Emily and Jenny Darling. Oh, you're missing Babs and Trev there, are oh, Lucy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Babs and Trev, they, they sent one in as well. But first, before all the calls, top of the shop, best bit of the podcast, minus my fantastic plot predictions of course which generally are the best but anyway apart from that it's our lucy and a week in ambridge well what a weird week it's been in general but also on ambridge we began it with creepy philip and the hapless crusty is it just me, or does Philip sound like one of those guys who needs to have a good go with the Remington nose hair clippers? Maybe Krusty could do it. And if she slips and rips through a nostril, then so be it. Small price to pay. Roy is under strict instructions not to be any more crackers than normal. His interview with the head trauma consultant was tricky. Have you exhibited any odd behaviour? Well, I've stood in my ex-girlfriend's garden and cried in the middle of the night, posted dog poo through a solicitor's letterbox and made a sex spreadsheet. But that was before the head injury, so you're going to have to narrow it down a bit, said Roy. The three stooges met for a rewilding session. Well, two of them. Rex is taxiing, said Phoebe, making him sound like a 747 at Stansted. Justin seems to have developed the ability to know what's happening without being told. The rewilding meeting and then the pub. Maybe it's like the bat signal. Lillian struggles up to the attic and shines a big J in the sky and boom, there he is. So he turned up and told Pip off as her screen had bits of cow shit on it. And the rewilder's big decision for the day was to let some cows wander through a gap. They knocked down a fence post and were so delighted with themselves they had a bottle of champagne. Mm. I have to say the Three Stooges set the bar fairly low for their achievements. I knock a fence post down every time I go to the recreation ground and I don't feel it necessary to drink champagne. I just drive <laughs> off hurriedly. <laughs> Things are getting difficult for Philip and Gav. You can tell they are because Gav has started talking through his clenched teeth like this. Krusty is concerned about her gangmaster fiancé and suggested he had a massage on her at Gay Grables, which sounded a bit much for the poor masseurs. But anyway, he said quite rightly that he thought it was inappropriate. The bat signal flashed, <laughs> Justin sensed someone was in need of help, and he discovered Krusty trudging through Ambridge like a Russian peasant woman. I've realised that's who Krusty actually is. She's a character in Dostoyevsky. She tightened her headscarf and lit her pipe, as Justin told her that what she could do to help Philip with, is with practical things, like going through his paperwork. So she did. Oh. What is this invoice for a saddle and some bran mash, Philip? <laughs> then we went live to Borchester General for Linda pooing herself. This may well have been prompted by <laughs> Peggy's insistence on visiting her, and it was the only way Linda could think of getting shot at the old bag. Peggy had struggled to think of an appropriate get-well-soon gift, so she opted for a pogo stick. Peggy got in the way generally, ate all Linda's grapes, told Linda that she reminded her of her mother, that she needed to employ the blitz spirit, etc., etc., and generally showed herself to be the sort of person that describes coronavirus as just the flu and thinks this is the ideal time to have a family picnic. 
Mm. Brian was clearly as sick as the rest of us at hearing Adam whinge about being so tired. With his vast business experience and a flash of genius, Brian fixed the problem by recruiting someone to help. My God, it's like Dragon's Den. Obviously, Adam said no. As if getting someone else to help me with my work would help me with my work. (laughs) As if. I'm not employing Josh because he has not been cleared of selling stolen goods. I won't employ Ed because he was involved in fraud. And I won't employ Jill because she once threw a flapjack at a surrer. I have my standards. Welcome to the manager of my hydroponics unit, Jazza McCreary. Hmm. I bet if Charlie Thomas came back, he'd find him an opening. Hey. <clears throat> Robert went to see Freddie, burst into tears and gave him a medal. Over at Brooker's, it was all about the kiddiewinks. The big cliffhanger this week was, what colour is Josh's car? We'd only work on the radio, a cliffhanger like that, wouldn't it? Does anyone remember Bod? Yes. My favourite bit was when the conductor, who was a frog called Alberto, had to choose whether he wanted a strawberry, chocolate or vanilla milkshake. I like to think the archers were trying to bring that kind of tension back into drama. Once again, the Brookfield juniors showed the utter contempt in which they hold each other. Pip bought Ben a scratch card for his 18th birthday. Just imagine if you'd won, said Pip. I can imagine. There'd have been a family meeting, or she would have hightailed it round there when she suddenly remembered that she was an expert in scratch card legal rulings. Ben would have had his arse sued off by the rest of them, and the schism would have gone on for decades. Anyway, (laughs) the birthday boy and his siblings set off with all the world-weary sophistication of a Bible group on a coach trip to Cheddar Gorge. Pip had a complete breakdown on the bypass, and Joy Horville overtook them in her little car and was flagged down by Ben, who was drunk and naked by this stage. Rather than asking if she could help, she started talking about Shawaddy Waddy. For our overseas listeners who may be happily unaware of Shawaddy Waddy, they were five men who looked like brickies with a penchant for pastel suits and sideburns who sang, or thought they were singing, rock and roll. They were much beloved of family shows on Saturday nights, and so far, anyway, do not appear to have been arrested for fiddling with any of their audience, so good on them. Anyway, once they'd got Joy to shut up about Shawaddy Waddy, it sounds funnier the more times you say it, she expressed concern about the likelihood of the AA turning up. I've waited hours for roadside assistance, she said, and when something did turn up, it was Brian dogging. It was decided. <laughs> That's a good one. It was one. decided that Ben should spend his birthday evening with Joy. He's a big lad and barely squeezed himself into her midget, but they got there in the end and off they went to <laughs> Roadrunner. Typical Borchester that the only club worth going to is named after something that ends up repeatedly going over a cliff. And what was the upshot? Well, Ben unleashed his potency on the horrified womanhood of Borchester, the dirty dog, and then tried to cover his tracks in a singularly inept fashion. If you are trying to creep unobtrusively into the house, alerting a woman who hoots like a startled owl every two seconds is probably to be avoided. He was, he said, with a girl called Chloe. We may have unleashed a monster, said Josh, or at the very least, a massive outbreak of chlamydia. So Ben's had his oats, and let's hope Philip's horses get theirs. The end. Here comes Bod. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. And I loved your monologue so much better than last week's, Lucy. So much better. Well done, you. Now, um, I had something to say, but me finding the theme tune for Bod whilst yeah. you were doing your monologue means I've forgotten what I was about to say. Okay. It's probably a good thing. 
because we know time is at a premium on this it week's Dum Dee Dum. So I'm going to do this instead. Hello, Ambridge3962. Let's go straight into the calls with a touch of our Viv. Hello, I'm Viv. I'm a first-time caller in era. I live in Lambeth and currently we're number one in the COVID-19 infection charts apart from the entire oh. county of Hampshire. So that's very comforting. Uh, <laughs> I'm, my job is I'm one of Pretty Patel's low-skilled care workers, so obviously still working. My first memory of the Archers is the great uh, mail van robbery of 1967 and Nelson Gabriel being arrested. Uh, I'm only really phoning in to thank Lucy for her advice to to only do things that make us happy just now. Um, I've heard from all sorts of people, oh, I'm learning a new language, a new instrument, um, quantum mechanics, and that's great. But (laughs) please don't keep updating us about your marvellous progress. As for the archers and Dumpty Dum, my only comment is to please keep going. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Mm. We will. We'll keep going. Whether you want us or not, Mm. we are unstoppable. There's a lot of people saying, what What are we going to do? But why would we even think of stopping? The archers yeah. are still going. And even if the archer stops, we can do other stuff. Exactly. We can talk about the characters. We can get the actors on. We can do all manner of things. Do mm. not fear. Talking about actors coming on, uh, the actor that plays Ben, who, funny enough, his real name is Ben, um, he's going to come on. Oh, is he? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody, I forget who it was on the Twitters, uh, kind of says, oh, you want to get on this? And he went, yeah, I'll be interested in that. So I, I, I messaged him and then he DM'd me. Did you me. see him sitting in all his orange things? Uh, I, I did. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> no, he's really embracing the part, which, which, is, yeah. which, is, which is most lovely. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Viv. Uh, now it's Jenny Darling. Oh, God damn it. It's that whole thing you've got to press the go. have the window open. Let's go. Take two. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. Jenny Darling here from Leeds. Long time no speak. I'm a third or fourth time caller in a row, I think. I am going to say I was on maternity leave. I've welcomed a, a new little Dumpty Dummer um, and he's been keeping me busy for the last few months. But anyway, I just wanted to hop on today to say how nice it was to hear all three Archer's children together in a scene um, when they were going out to Felpersham for um, the big birthday night out. And then obviously to have Joy pop up was is always brilliant. And any mention of Joy's midget always has me smirking. Um, <laughs> but I really wanted to say thank you guys for um, bringing a smile Um this week in in what is a dark week for a lot of people and difficult week um you guys keep doing such a great job and keep us entertained so keep up the good work and keep stay safe everyone and speak to you soon thank you jenny thank you jenny darling and congratulations on the little dumpty dummer yes well done uh we need more dumpty diddlers Yes. Yes. Uh, right. You realise, folks, that we, I'm going at this at somewhat of a speed. And that's because uh, our Lucy's got something more important than dum de dum which is happening at 12 o'clock. So less flannel flannel from me and more now of young Keith. Oh, God damn it. We've done it again. All right. Here we go. Hello, young Keith here. I um, hope everyone is doing well and uh, not going to stir crazy um, as I, I am. A little bit, but not too badly. Nearly watched Michael Portillo today, but I uh, quickly <laughs> turned the TV. So sanity <laughs> is uh, is still there, more or less. I just wanted to call up and 
mention two potentially controversial issues. The first one is this, Royfield, that I would put it to you that this whole Philip being evil thing was my idea. I'm the one who was the first to initiate a distaste and a hatred for Philip. Okay, I didn't draw it out for you in black and white and tell you exactly what all the issues were. I let you Mm -hmm. figure it out yourself. But (laughs) I was the first one who, if you like, whistle blew on him being clearly a psychopath and an idiot. And the other one is, I was just listening to yesterday's and Robert going on to Freddie about what hero he is and giving him a badge and everything. And I do like Freddie more these days and everything like that. But what did he actually do? Why is he a hero? I know we say people are heroes when they save someone's life, but he didn't do anything, did he? And actually, he almost avoided doing things for me. You know, when Roy was shouting outside, he's like, oh, the fire escapes. Like, yeah, well, it is a fire, Freddie, and it is the escape for fires. So if anyone's the hero, it's, it's Roy, Roy's boys. Anyway, safe exile and uh hope everyone's very very well mm. i didn't <laughs> quite understand what young keith was talking about because surely he saved linda's life that's he dragged her out didn't he yeah he didn't just leave her and get out himself he dragged her out mm. yeah and and anyway young keith you hate everyone so it's quite <laughs> difficult to, to you know <laughs> It's all very well you say, yes, I was the one who pointed out that he was horrible, but you think everyone's horrible. I don't know who you like. Um, <laughs> True <laughs> so that. I'm not really sure you can claim that one, mate, to be honest. <laughs> True. Wind your neck back in. Right, now it's Emily. Oh, God, here we go. It's doing that thing. Hi, I'm Tijam. Emily phoning from the Abu Dhabi Desert. I phoned in a couple of weeks ago and people thought I might be the nanny from Paris. I'm not that Emily. Um, I was in Kent and then uh, moved here at the end of last year. Oh, thank you so much for sending out a podcast that's two and a half hours long. I'm so happy because um, (laughs) it's keeping me going in these crazy, sad, worrying times. So um, thank you for that. And just big uh, stay safe to all of us around the world. Um, uh, So the Archers. You know, whilst everything is changing and everything is just a bit crazy, I just loved the fact that Adam and Ryan were just classic Adam and Ryan. You know, Adam being just so awful to listen to and his voice and just, you know, and Brian and him having that argument. It just was, it just made me feel really happy that they're still, yeah. whilst the rest of us are losing their heads, um, they're still annoying and just the same as ever. I'm so happy they didn't, well, and something's happened since I listened to this week's that they haven't killed off Linda and that she's doing better because I couldn't have coped if that had happened. Um, Keep going, guys. We need this. We need uh, the light relief. Uh, Oh, quickly, I agree about Kirsty and how they just completely throw her under a bus with every storyline. I suppose, like, uh, maybe from a more sort of... like commercial point of view maybe she's available she's such a good actress she does such an amazing job uh so maybe that's why they do it i don't know anyway thank you thank you stay safe everybody and um yeah speak to you soon bye 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 emily hmm ah kirsty being mm. shortchanged in uh the the luck stakes but you talked about that last week didn't you mm. 
Hmm. Someone tweeted yesterday, I wish they'd start putting the episodes out in, in a muddled up order so that we accidentally get the one where Philip gets found out because he said, I just cannot wait. I can't sit and <laughs> listen to this knowing that it's going to, ha- it's like Rob and Helen. It's like, you know, it's going to come, but when is it going to come? Hmm. Yeah. I either want Philip to be caught or, Kirst- well, either way, if Philip's caught, Kirsty will find out or Kirsty will find out and then Philip will be caught. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no way that she would not do something about it if no. she I think she'd find it very hard to reconcile the man she thinks she knows with the truth but you know well yeah. I think somebody says this later on but I'm going to completely agree with that Let, let's go on with the caller in and then let's come back on to Kirsty in a little bit but first it's uh it's Germany oh god why is he doing that thing Lucy it's always doing yes. that thing I have is to it? actually I can't just hit the key on the keyboard corresponding to the little sound note i actually have to move the cursor onto it and double click it's a real ball ache hello lucy royfield and home officers around the world thanks for (laughs) this week's show that was really funny and dramatic and just great for the archers can we go back to boring i just Mm. begin to realize what you must be through going uh with these storylines of coercive control and murder and whatever over years and um, i could really do with just finding out about the family that moved into brian's and jenny's house or how to turn a lamb during birth, or maybe (laughs) what rewilding really is about. I also could go easily back to uh, Emma and Ed bickering about making ends meet, or who takes Kira to karate class. I don't really need drama, but if we have to have drama, what about uh, Kirsty jilting Philip at the altar? Because we don't really know when she's going to find out and if she's going to find out in time about his uh, slave mastery. That would be a very nice turn in my eyes. So um, that's for today. Um, thank you very much and carry on. And uh, until next time, bye-bye from Iris on her yoga mat. Bye-bye, Iris. Bye. Bye-bye, yoga mat. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, drama. Yeah, I don't like it. Not at the moment. But it wasn't their fault because they didn't know that all this would be going. You know, it's quite difficult to be able to time a storyline with a global apocalypse, really, isn't it? So you can understand <laughs> why they're struggling. Um, mm. We're not struggling. You can understand why this all seems a bit like, oh, for God's sake, what? Mm. When it started hailing yesterday, I uh-huh. was sitting in the house and it's no on uh, Sunday. And I looked out the window, the sky went dark. It'd been lovely weather, then the sky went sort of bruisy purple and it hailed and the hail was bouncing off the thing. And I opened the back door and shouted, are you bloody kidding? Because I just couldn't, (laughs) it's like, I'm at saturation point with all the things, with all the changes and all the peculiarities and all the anomalies. I cannot be dealing with anything else. And then, so the the whole Kirsty Philip tension it's like, no, 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 we don't need any more tension. We don't need another um, unresolved thing. We're living in an unresolved thing. Just resolve it. That's why everyone, thank God we're not doing Ro- Ro- um, Robin Helen at the moment. That would be appalling. That's a very good point. That would absolutely be too much. People would just switch off, wouldn't they? I don't think that they could have dealt with it. Mm. But we do know that the Coronas are going to hit Ambridge, though, don't we? They, they, so they did make uh, yeah, an announcement over the weekend. 
and they are going to get the actors to record from home, at least some of the actors, the main actors. And we know that R. Kerry is actually recording, sorry, writing um, the first episode, which will be the first of the week of the first of May. Uh, So the Kroners will hit Ambridge, but I think it's going to be quite, I think it's almost going to be like personal diaries or something or another, because they can't throw it together and have actors um, interacting with each other in the way that we've become accustomed because they can't mm. travel up to Birmingham in the studio. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting. And, mm. and also very interesting how they're going to put that together mm. considering that um, they're, Kerry's writing this now but this is going to go out in May and we don't know what the hell is going to be happening in May. So, hmm. Anyway, that's the reason why they why Kerry gets paid the big bucks, and I mm. and and I just podcast. What do you do, Lucy? Not a lot, really. Oh, I didn't think so. Here's I shout at hail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie, Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dempsey Dembers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. You know, in the Jewish religion, we wish everyone an easy fast when we're not eating or drinking for the 25 hours of the Day of Atonement. So today, I will wish everyone an easy social distancing. <laughs> After being called out by Royfield last week, Yay. this week I have to step up my game. So here goes. Philip's psychological defense mechanisms are even more entrenched than Tony Soprano's. How can he not collapse from the weight of his own inner conflicts? One such defense mechanism that Philip utilizes is compartmentalization. I found this definition, an unconscious mechanism used to avoid cognitive dissonance, the mental discomfort and anxiety caused by having conflicting values, cognitions, emotions, and beliefs. Compartmentalization allows these conflicting ideas to coexist by inhibiting direct or explicit acknowledgement and interaction between separate compartmentalized self-states. Philip also uses rationalization to make his unacceptable behaviors consciously tolerable to himself. Really, how he manipulated poor Blake was just plain horrendous. One topic I agree with Royfield about is Adam. I don't blame the actors so much as the writers and the directors. The writers do not have any idea how to write a gay character and his relationships. As an example, as Royfield said, a gay man who is educated, has traveled the world, believes in gay marriage and gay parenting, would almost likely not have voted for Brexit. In terms of the actor's one-note portrayal of Adam, the producers have had plenty of opportunity to get rid of him, as they have other actors, but they have not, presumably because he's a good actor. So where are the directors insisting on changes in his delivery? I don't get it. Talk to you soon. Hmm. But if all you're saying over and over and over again is, I'm so tired, I haven't got time, how can you make that more exciting? There's no, he, he never has anything interesting or light to say. Mm. It, it is his greeting to It's every... like a suet pudding that just sort of falls into the room every time and just sits in the corner going, until it's time for him to go again. He needs a jolly storyline or something just lighter. You know, it's just one note and it's all... Uh. Yeah, well, they did try and give them that before the birth of little Xander, didn't they? You know, the... Yeah, it didn't... It but, it, but it just though, didn't it? work. It just didn't no, work. No, no, And I think the... 
it's, it's what I said last week, but just try and spin it in a, in a slightly different way, is that you get Linda and Robert. You know, you get David with a little bit of Ruth. You mm. get Brian and Jennifer. Mm. You don't get Adam and Ian. And I don't mean no. you, you, you don't get them and you don't get them. There isn't enough of them together as a couple. Yeah. And, and even when they, when they are together, you still don't get it. You know, yeah. the other couples just roll off the tongue. Adam and mm. Ian don't. Yeah. Right. So yeah. to be fair to to be fair to the actor, um, he hasn't he doesn't have that other character to bounce off to show yeah. his other side. All we fundamentally when you think of Adam, you think of Brian and yeah. their conflict. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Adam and Brian, not Adam and Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also I think mm-hmm. the I agree with the spoon the um. The coercive control that uh, Philip is displaying with um, both Kirsty and um, Paul Blake is, um, uh, yeah, is absolutely beautifully written, absolutely spot on. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, even to the extent that, I mean, it's fairly classic stuff what he's saying to Blake you know you'll be lost without me you'll be in much worse trouble without me. Don't I look after you? Aren't you grateful? You don't want to hurt me, do you? Blah, blah, blah. But what he's saying to Kirsty is I want she he's sort of making her complicit by saying I'm really sad and he was even blaming her saying you don't realize how upset Gav is and he's blaming her for feeling angry with Gav it, it it's just absolutely um he's such a he's a psycho he's a sociopath he just and he genuinely wants that approval from Kirsty for don't worry it wasn't your fault when you know he knows absolutely it was his fault and that and he knows that the um the situation that she's basing that judgment on that it wasn't his fault is completely false but he's still taking that um yeah he's an extraordinary character to have drawn he's amazing but you know, maybe, maybe um, the key to understanding why he can be so blithe to actually what he's done is that he doesn't actually see them as human. It did call them horses. Mm. Yeah. So if you don't see them as human, well, yeah. there you go. That is yeah. the mental justification yeah. For, yeah. for your behaviour. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're not equal. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Witherspoon, nice to know that you're eating humble pie. (laughs) Now it's Margot. Good afternoon, Royfield, Lucy, and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from New Jersey. So much plot building onto Philip's major plot revelation last week. I'm wondering if Blake did give the cops a bit of a tip-off, but I have a feeling that he kept true to his word to Philip. Mm. I feel that Gavin's mother has to know a good bit about the business and that it could possibly be something to do with their split. Maybe their split had been talked about, but I really can't remember it. My big plot prediction is Kirstie is going to uncover something big, and she will have to make the choice if she should turn in Philip because it's the right thing to do or assist in covering it up because she loves him. And I think Kirstie will turn him in. Once Kirstie is a free agent again, Tom's relationship with No Kasha will unravel, and Kirstie and Sausage Boy will go riding off into the sunset, never get married, but will live as happily as a bridge farm archer can. I wonder how much guilt Freddie has about the explosion at Grey Gables. I'm sure he's shouldering quite a bit because if he wasn't arguing with Linda and she didn't open the door, then none of this would have happened. 
And I'm sure that this is mainly what's stopping him from visiting Linda. Ben has an orange car. Everybody should really stop teasing him. After all, I have an orange car and it's super cool. I got a notification today that the Archers will have a coronavirus storyline. I'm disappointed, but I do get it. I wonder how many people in the town are going to die from it and if it will be reflective of any of the real life numbers that your country will see. I hope you all stay well and healthy. Have a great week. Thank you. Um, I think Blake is far too scared of Philip to have said anything to the police because Philip's kind of, and also if he was on the streets, he will have had run-ins with the police before, presumably. Uh, so he will, his experience of that will have been uh, scary and, you know, he'll, he'll see the police as a, as, a, as a source of threat rather than a source of help. So I doubt very much that he would um, say anything to them, sadly. And I would love that if Krusty and Tom... Um, got together and or or crusty and roy to be honest i don't think roy or tom is worth crusty but i'm not sure who is um but uh yes i would very much like her to to meet somebody nice because my god she deserves it flaming nora mm. um and i don't think she's in love enough with philip to to put him first to to um to not shop him i think she'd shop him Oh, in in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is this isn't just like, well, I don't know, a few years back you stole a loaf of bread from Tesco's. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you go, Well, okay, darling, um, that's not very good, but I can forgive that. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. yeah. This, this is no, this is fundamental values, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yes. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It goes yeah. to the how core you see of, yeah. yeah, and how you see the outside world and how you relate to other people. Mm-hmm. Yes. She wouldn't be my Kirsty if when she found out she stayed with him. Then yeah. I would be picketing outside of the yeah. BBC. So yeah. you know, social distancing and, and all of that put the, put to one side. There. <laughs> <laughs> They're all at home. <laughs> True that. All right, anyway, and that's that was Margot with a hard T. Uh, now it's Babs and Trev, the other dynamic duo on Dumpty Dum. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Hello. Babs and Trev here. Thank you all for keeping Dumpty Dum going. We're thinking of you all and hope everyone gets through this okay. I must admit, Babs, I've fallen behind with my listening lately. Well, we're both working more than our contracted hours and ironically don't have a huge amount of spare time. On the subject of work, Babs, you had a message for listeners. I do. So I work for a charitable foundation and the charities we fund have been amazing. Most are still working and adapting what they do to get people the help they need. If you're still being paid and you can afford it, please donate the savings you're making on travel, gym membership or buying daily coffees to a local charity. They need it more than ever. And if you work for a charity, don't stop applying for grants. Most funders like us are doing their best to keep assessing applications, awarding grants and paying grant holders. Well said, Babs. Okay, Archer's time. So, a dramatic explosion, severe injuries and Phil and Owen, modern slavers. Well, Royfield really milked the fact that he was right about Phil. I'm still waiting for the first (laughs) mention of the pandemic. I disagree with Dumpty Dummers who think it shouldn't be written in. Unfortunately, coronavirus is in all our lives, and I feel it has to be in Ambridge too. I agree, Babs. Oh, I was delighted to hear that Witherspoon has been has met and been taught by St. Lucia's Sir Arthur Lewis. What a coincidence! <laughs> Another time, I'll talk more about how I learned of Sir Arthur, but our time's up for today. 
So that's all from us. And to quote someone from another high-quality podcast, it'll be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, Mm. it's not the end. Hello to Jason Isaacs and love and hugs to all. Bye. Hey. Uh, I hope they're all kind of like properly cuddled up up and and loved up in their splendid isolation over there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're too loved up in pair. I wish it wasn't. I wish coronavirus wasn't coming to um, uh, to uh, Ambridge, but they really, it really wouldn't be sustainable without, would it? I mean, no. you can't just. And it's starting to clang really oddly when someone said this week, "Can I have a hug?" You were like, "No, get back, no." <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? You just pop to the pub? You can't. It's 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 making the gap too big. I think. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that's Babs and Treb. Now we go on to our Renaissance beauty. It's Titian. Hello, everyone. It's Titian and the dog here out for a lovely sunny walk. We've just seen a swan and avoided some neighbours and everything's fine. I hope you're all okay. Um, just want to say I do not want to hear Pip on a night out. Bit too much Pip, <laughs> Josh and Ben this week. Bit boring. Um, but fine, you've got to pad it out somehow. I'm loving the evil Fagan Moss story. It's a good bit of drama and it highlights an important issue. And it's not the bloody virus. I know that has to come in, but fine. Why did we have the Peggy PP scene? Why? Why? Poor old Linda. Doesn't she have a catheter? Why do we need to know these things? Mm. I still want Roy and Kirsty to fall in love and get together. Don't change the wedding, just change the groom. However, make sure he goes and gets his head scanned because, as Witherspoon said, it could be quite a problem. I still want Ed and Emma to get together. want lots of love all around. I miss Kate. Kate is very funny. She's one of my favourite characters. I like the fact that she and Jakob got it on and we should hear a bit more of them, but we don't need any of that business. Oh, and just feeble plot prediction from me. Maybe we could have a lockdown baby for... Alish and Chris uh, and she'll have to sober up and uh, be fun for us but not for her anyway ta-ta for now bye bye yes that bedpan business was all a bit much wasn't it really and also isn't Peggy just the worst person you would ever want to come and visit you (laughs) she didn't stop talking about herself she just said here's what I think about you blah 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 you get to pull yourself together there's nothing wrong with you get up you know Smash pelvis my ass, blah blah blah. Um, she didn't. Then, she didn't know, quite say smash pelvis my ass. No, but, <laughs> Lucy, but, please. And she said, you know, um, she said I'm not very comfortable. And she said, would you like me to plop you? You know, she needs a flipping nurse, not Peggy faffing around, fluffing her pillows up, silly cow. Mm. Oh, that was really. I I'll just tell you, when you're helpless in hospital and you can't control your, you can't throw pillows at their heads to make them leave. It must be awful. Mm. I, I think that scene was put there to show us, you know, the indignity that mm. uh, Linda's going through. Yeah. You know, she's somebody yeah. who is incredibly capable, helps yeah. everybody, and she's been reduced to this. So yeah. it's not just yeah. uh, the burns; it's just. You know, her yeah, most intimate moments are yeah. being discussed as if to say yeah. she's a child. And yeah. that must be terrible. You know, yeah. terrible for anybody, yep. let alone somebody with that level of yeah. confidence yeah. and just, you know, to be yeah. reduced to Capability. that. So, yeah, That's the word I was searching for, Lucy. It was the other C word. 
<laughs> well done. Now, um, we're going on... Oh, God, this person is on the front line right now. He's fighting the good fight against the nasty coronavirus. It's our Paul Room. He's a doctor, don't you know? Hello, uh, it's Paul Room again. Hope everyone's keeping well or as well as can be in these difficult times. I'm just calling in again, uh, following what Royfield said last week, and I know he is now correct about everything. Uh, <laughs> and what he said about Adam uh, made me think and put two and two together and probably get five or even more than that. In that, I've, I think you've discovered, Royfield, the cause for Adam's fatigue, and he's so Ooh. tired all the time, um, because uh, he said, well, yes, he came or he worked in Kenya, um, he likes swimming because he had that time with Ian in the AM. Um, and so the obvious diagnosis is he's actually got a medical problem. He's um, he picked up a very serious infection uh, called Bill Harzia or oh. schistosomiasis. Uh, the same thing that Chris Froome, who you, uh, the cyclist who used to live in Kenya, um, had for many years because it can cause chronic fatigue. Uh, caused from um, by a parasite from uh, snails, a, a worm, effectively. And so I think that Adam actually has bilharzia that he picked up in Kenya while swimming, and farmers are prone to it out there as well. And this is the reason. So if only he can get to Dr. Locke, if Dr. Locke's still the GP in Ambridge, although um, I assume they're under special measures because of... Uh, the coronavirus, please, Adam, seek help because this is a long-running story and we've finally found out while you're so tired. So well done, uh, Royfield, for cracking that conundrum. No worries, Paul, no worries. And here's my special <laughs> clap to you because you're part of the NHS. Yay! Keep Woo! it up, ballroom. Yep. And also, Royfield is available for private consultations. Hey. <laughs> yep. uh, there's Paul. Now we're going on to our... Rosie. Hi there, it's Rosie Porcy calling in. Hi to everybody in Dumpty Dum Land and I hope everybody out there is safe and well. I'm following up on my call from last week rejoicing, along with Royfield, about my identification of Philip as a wrong'un. Since then we've heard even more from inside the Gangmaster's Kingdom as a pretty horrible place to be. The way that Philip describes his slaves as horses is skin-crawlingly creepy and the violence in his voice and actions towards Gav is frightening. Now Kirsty is trying to dip her toes into Philip's business to take some of his stress away and unknowingly putting herself into danger's way. In a way, I'm hoping she uncovers his awful practices and exposes him. But given his ability to disregard the value of human life, this could be a dangerous route to follow. Luckily for Kirsty and for all of us, Joy Horville and Madge are back on the scene. We don't know a lot about Joy's husband other than he was a wrong'un, and I can imagine that Joy may have had to escape from a difficult and potentially violent relationship. My hope and plot prediction is that Kirsty and Joy end up running Philip over in Madge and drive up the lane <laughs> to Bridge Farm to Helen and some leek soup. Fingers crossed. Stay safe, everybody, and take care. Bye. Bye-bye, Rosie. It's funny. There's a lot of um, of, of uh, surmising on the Twitters about Joy Horville being the the uh, the source of uh, Philip's demise. I think it's because Joy Horville suddenly put a reappearance in at the same time that that storyline was sort of unfolding. Mm. So people have just made this connection that Joy is some sort of, you know, 
uh, nemesis who's going to who's going to um, come along and save the day. Be loved. I don't care who saves the day. Quite frankly, I'd settle for Pip saving the day as long as Kirsty finds out. And you know, I cannot. I, the thing that makes me most uncomfortable is knowing something that the character doesn't know that the other character doesn't know. Mm. Like I hated knowing about Rob and Helen not knowing about Rob or not wanting to know or being able to know about Rob, being able to see about Rob. And the fact that we know Philip's the wrong one and Kirsty doesn't. I hate it. It makes me feel so anxious, really, really anxious. Well, uh, I'm going to slightly move on from that and just to say Joy Horville being the person, the detective that discovers Philip's uh, yeah. mastermind undercover uh, business. I don't think so. Remember her detective techniques when it was her trying to find Peggy's pussy? Asking cats. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Come on now. Yeah. It won't be Joy. It's, it no. has to be Kirsty, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, or Helen. Why Helen? Because Helen's recognising the same coercive control techniques that Rob used. Hmm. Not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. All right. Anyway, I think, I think it's going to be Kirsty on her own. To be honest, I I hope so because mm. she wants to help her yeah. bloke, doesn't she? Her partner, yeah. and he's trying. Or to it's push... going to be Linda, and Linda will, and it will give Linda her joie de vivre back again, as she would say, her joie de vivre. <laughs> <laughs> you got enough spittle on that microphone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, wipe it off. From uh, the joy of life. <laughs> From France, we go up north, the northwest. It's Red Agnes. Hello, hermetically sealed Dumpty Dum world. It's Red Agnes here from the northwest. Just a couple of musings. I've heard recently that some Dumpty Dummers have been talking about fixing different parts of bodies. I've heard about a dentist, I should have heard about an optician. You've got Weatherspoon and Angus Haggis who look after brains. I'm just about to qualify as a podiatrist, so I've got the feet area covered off. Can we start the dietary corner? One of the caller in of us last week uh, was brilliantly pedantic, and it's uh, one of my specialisms. This has been bugging me for weeks, but now there's another one. I've got two. How could Ed fix a window in the house that Neil built? I would have thought that it was double glazing, and I haven't seen putty yeah. in years, although it did smell nice when you did used to see it. Also, <laughs> when I'm starving, I tend to shove the bread straight in my gob. I certainly don't put the grill on to toast it. Those are my two pedantry yes. moments. I'm sure there'll be some more coming up soon. Uh, look after everybody else. We do have a little cat here. She's going to say hello. Hello, Tinny. No, she's gone quiet. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. That is a very good shout, Red Agnes. Both of those. Mm. I like that. Yes. Was it... Wasn't it the shed window that he put the ball through? Ball through. through. Mm. I think it was a shed window. Yes, I think. Yeah, you might um, be right. You might be right. And... Because I remember thinking, ooh, I ought to fix the windows in my shed. Um, which I broke. Uh, what were you playing football yes. too? No, William's got a, a baseball bat and a baseball, mm. and he plays with the dog with it. And sometimes his desire to womp the thing uh, exceeds his uh, ability to control where it ends up. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, right. Uh, yes. Very good shouts from from Red Agnes there. And it's l- lovely to hear your voice, Red Agnes. We haven't yeah. heard you. For and a you're couple right. Of you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't grill the 
the bread you just whack it in your mouth because it's too it's too slow as well grilling bread if you're if you're pinching bread because you're starving then you just want to eat it quickly you don't want anyone to because you could smell toast grilling as well mm. Yeah. That 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 is true. Though I've um I'm swerving that that evil food uh, group at the moment. Anything bread like. Yeah, I'm on, oh. I'm I'm doing a fast I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no no talk about bread, let alone toast bread. It's interesting that the word fast it's it's called fast when the time goes so slowly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point, Freeman. Uh right, now uh, that's Red Agnes. Now we're nipping down to the West Country and it's Auntie Jean. Hello all, Auntie Jean again. You'll be thoroughly fed up with me uh, phoning in all the time, but I had another thought while I was gardening this morning. Um, I'm not going to mention the virus that must not be named, uh, except to hope that you're all well. Anyway, it occurs to me that since it that which must not be named is now in the village or will be soon, there is a possibility that we're going to be out losing people, which I hope we don't, but here we go given that the national percentage of people dying is quite high in older people, Peggy, Jim, Brian, Jennifer, Jill, Leonard, Lillian, Tony, they're all in their 70s or past. People with uh, illnesses, Elizabeth has a dicky heart, does she not? And that's before we start thinking about who we'd actually like to be carried off, like Pip, um, Josh possibly, etc, etc. Oh, Toby, I've forgotten about him. Um, And... If everybody in the laurels survives, I will be uh, extremely amazed. I reckon that in a village the size of Ambridge, you're probably looking about 40 deaths. Now, they don't have to all be people we know. Um, but, you know, inevitably, decisions are going to have to be made. God, I'm really cheerful this morning, aren't I? Righty-ho, well, I'll leave you all to it. As I say, I hope you're all well. Speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Tatty by Auntie Jean. And um, if you're confused by the start of a message when you said, I'm calling in again, it's because uh, she did call in um, earlier, but it was totally inaudible. She was like this. And I turned it up to the max, Lucy. She was. I turned the volume up to the max. And it's still, I couldn't make out a word you were saying, Auntie Jean. Uh, other than it was probably an apology for the way you were like, totally beastly to me last week. But anyway, uh, so so that's the reason why she said what she said. So it all makes sense. All cleared that up. Now we're going to New Jersey for a final caller in era. It's Merlin, who's sometimes from Glastonbury. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin in New Jersey. In the second week of our social distancing, we've been told this is going on till the end of May. So we've got a little while to go, all still adjusting. Luckily, we've still got the archers, even if it is getting cut down a little bit, and apparently it's even going to get coronavirus. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think I'm in the camp that I would have preferred it not to get corona and stay a separate universe. Last week's episode of Dumpty Dum, other than Royfield being so pleased with himself, I hope you've got over that. Um, Nope. It was very unfair that you made us think about intimacy between David and Ruth. That's not an image I wanted. And then picking on Roy, what's the point of him, you said? I have friends who the whole thing about them is, what's the point of them? There are people (laughs) in life who, what the point is their standard position? That's not a reason to get rid of them. I think Roy's okay. (laughs) I thought of Marjorie Antrobus, just as you mentioned her as well. Um, Yeah, moved in uh, a year before Linda, such different characters brought a lot of difference to the 
to the old archers. She was loved. The Archers itself, Wednesday, almost perfect episode for me, I think. A very emotional moment between Freddie and Robert, and yet counterpointed with the amusement of Ben's party night and Joy, the midget, everything else involved in it. I really enjoyed that episode. Made a lovely part of difficult times at the moment. Hope everyone's keeping safe out there, and thank you for listening. No worries, Merlin. Hmm. Uh, we've got any emails, Luce? We've got a shed load. Uh, abbreviate them and, and let's attack them. Okay. Uh, Tiff Ananda said that you have summed up her thoughts exactly about Linda. Um, quite frankly, there is no real reason to do this. God forbid the writers are going to replace with the dreaded Joy Horville, who lacks all credibility and is the most annoying character I've ever heard on radio. She's a melodramatic banshee with nothing to offer. Woo! Say what you think, Tiff Ananda. Blimey. <laughs> um... Lovely Christopher McKiddy uh, bravely gets involved in your uh, turf war with um, uh, Babs and Trev about uh, St. Lucia and says, um, on the one hand, you have Jamaica who gave us Jimmy Adams, Chris Gale, Courtney Walsh, Sir Frank Worrell, Sir Michael Holding and Jeffrey Duon. Dujon. Dujon. Whereas yeah, St. Lucia keeper. gave us Darren, Sammy and um, that's it. Um, there you go. So Barbados wins easily at Caribbean top trumps. What? He says, because they include Joel Garner, Gordon Greenidge, Wes Hall, Malcolm Marshall, Sir Garfield Sobers, Clyde Walcott, and Desmond Hames. So I'm not touching that one, Christopher. You're on your own. To be fair, um, good I'm, set of cricketers. Good set yeah. of cricketers. Uh, oh, is that who they were? Yeah. Okay. Apprentice Sheepdog um, uh, said uh, she is a proper farmer. She described herself as a horny-handed daughter of the soil and says, I was mucking out tonight and heard Adam. He is the moany one, isn't he? Um, She's a farmer and gardener. Um, Stating that he had to treat lame sheep with antibiotics. This isn't the first time I've heard this. Ed was saying that he was going to treat a lame sheep the same way a few months back and I muttered darkly at the radio then. Farmers would never treat lameness with antibiotics. It's like humans treating a veruca with antibiotics. Completely useless and dangerous. The treatment is normally dipping the affected foot in formalin, a formaldehyde solution which usually clears it up quickly. Anyway, that's enough ovine foot health for one night, she says. Um, <laughs> and Carolyn Cooper said, uh, the, lead, the Leeds meetup has been abandoned uh, because everyone's uh, self-isolating. Um, but uh, she's asked us if we can publicise it when it's back on again, once we're all back to normal. Yes. And she says she's looking forward to Lindy Bottom's reaction when she finds out her llama shelter has been built by modern slaves. Maybe this will bring back her fighting spirit. Goodness, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Huh. Ah. That bloody Philip. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So now we've had those emails, let's quickly have a social media roundup, and it's our Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Yokel Bear here with this social media roundup for the week. And I hope you're all keeping well and safe out there. I've been self-isolating for, is it six days now? I don't know, it could be 900 days. I don't know what are days anymore. Mm. But we started the week on Dumb to Dumb talking about Philip. Oh God, we started the week talking about Philip. What a horrible start to the week. Um, But we asked the question, you know, um, how's this going to pan out? He's obviously not the person we thought he was. Um, And is Ambridge ready for another kind of Titchener-esque villain? Um, Rob Williams said, Titchener-esque? I don't think so. Philip is more of a blue-collar Matt Crawford, um, just waiting to to hear him call Kirsty Puscat. Um, Now, there's only one Matt Crawford, really, isn't there? But, yes... Now, Phil Parks actually thinks this is a good storyline. He said, good, evil genius. We all love a good baddie. And I think that's right to a certain extent. But there was some very uncomfortable listening this week, wasn't there? Also as well, um, Nina Liwang, apologies, I, I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce that name, but I hope I got it right, said, when he referred to them as horses, I shuddered. Yeah, I think so, because somebody else made a point about this was a little bit out of character. Who was that? Um, Oh, yes, Karen Cunningham said, one has more than enough of villains. He's gone from Twitcher to modern day slave master in a fortnight. Quite a journey. Yes. Um, But I think, as Steve Burge said, the breadcrumbs were all there. But it would be a great story if the uh, scriptwriters play this out with us knowing the truth, but everyone else in Ambridge believing the spin from Philip. There's a great story if they allow Kirsty and Philip to get married before she learns the truth. Scriptwriters don't rush this story. Now, I had a big good old think about this, and I think you're right, actually. I I think this could be revealed layer by layer. It's not quite the same as the Rob... Titchener story I think but I think in some ways it is I mean the way that Philip was talking to Blake was very kind of gaslighting and controlling wasn't it but I'm also interested to see like how Kirsty reacts to this she's found you know somebody that she she could be with and this her sense of justice is just not going to let this pass so I think it's going to be quite an interesting storyline as it develops. Now, we also mentioned the fact that Royfield called this quite a long time ago. He said that Philip was a wrong one. And all I can say is I'm glad we don't have to go into work at Dumpty Dum Towers this week. I'm glad we're social isolating because it'd be unbearable. But I think Claire Asprey really summed up the whole thing about Royfield being right when she said... 
don't encourage him. <laughs> yeah, well done, Claire. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, we, we talked a little bit about the fact that because of uh, the whole coronavirus thing, we we now we no longer have the Friday episode, and the omnibus is slightly shorter. And about what people thought of that. Adam Lloyd said, I wondered whether The Archers was one show where social distancing was entirely possible. We don't need to know that the actors aren't standing right next to each other, but the storylines story revolve around people going around and talking to each other, so that's a bit of a bummer. Um, yes, but I think as Melissa Williams pointed out, there is no social distancing available. Their green room is a, sh- is a shoebox. The control room is a shoebox. The set is no larger than a small flat. And most of the cast travel and rely on trains, buses and hotels. It's not practical to continue recording. She says, I want all my lovies safe. Yes, absolutely. Everyone involved with the archers, we want you to be safe. If we have to have less, then that's what it takes. Um, so, yes. And we all applaud you. Also as well, just to finish off, Pip gave Ben a scratch card for his 18th. That seems terribly mean, doesn't it? So we asked, what's the worst birthday present you've ever had? Missy Purple Pumpkin said, One Christmas I got a heated windscreen uh, demister that plugs into the cigarette lighter in the car. Ooh, I bet you're overwhelmed with that. Dee Dickens said, I got an iron. Hmm, again, another overwhelming present. I like Karen Burt's one, though, when she said, a rowing machine. When I'd actually told him I wanted a dress from next, I made him come into the store and tried the dress on and shown him the dress. He said that he had something special for me uh, in the second bedroom. I ran into the said room and fell over the rowing machine. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've all been there, really, haven't we? Um, but I just want to kind of end on Zoe Picton's because this is just bizarre. I've, I've thought about the Zoe. I've thought about this a lot this week. Zoe said, It was not a present I had, but one my mum gave my best friend. Two cotton buds. Not two packets, but just two individual cotton buds. My mother took them from the bathroom cabinet, wrapped them in gift paper, and gave them to my friend on her birthday. And it was not a joke, but a genuine present. Zoe, I have many questions. Anyway, that's the social, on that note, that's the social media roundup for the week. So uh, I will see you all again in two weeks. Next week, you have the lovely Millie Bell and um, stay safe out there. Okay, bye. Now, Lucy, why don't you give us tweets of the week? Oh, um, first of all, I've just found um, a headline, the news headline. It's not from the mirror, it's from the Guardian. Astrophysicist gets magnets stuck up nose while inventing coronavirus device. Hey. Bless him. Um, Moomin said, I don't want to stereotype gay couples, and maybe the male and female gay couples I know aren't representative, but without fail, they are fun, life and soul, first people we'd invite to a barbecue, etc. Then there's Adam and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. Uh, Dean Hastings, please don't let it be PC carpet burns investigating Philip. If it is, he'll probably end up with a community safety award rather than a prison <laughs> sentence. Um, Beverly Clack. Anyone producing cards that say they don't want to visit from Peggy if they should find themselves in hospital? <laughs> Absolutely. Sally Annerley. 
On the Missing Friday episode, maybe Jill could give us a talk on lemon drizzle and how a tenor lady can prevent such moments. And Sally Pauls. <laughs> Jill, I had tea and scones for my birthday, Ben. Ben, yes, Gran, I know. Jill, but you had crumpet, didn't you, Ben, you dirty fucker? <laughs> <laughs> and this made me laugh well, I mean, my head off. Is this tweet of the week? It is, it is. It's from Jamie D, Jam Spangle. Um, Pip in the lambing shed, giving the lesson to um, Josh. Pip, find the left shoulder, the left leg, keep the head up. Hey, Macarena! <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, can we just quickly employ you to do uh, your reading out skills, please, uh, Lucy? Yes, because um, last I week I implored you, dumpty dummers, all throughout planet Earth, to go on to um, Apple iTunes and write us a review. Because I thought then we might get to number two in the podcast charts. We got to number three. We were so close, so close. And so we want to thank the following uh, for turning up and uh, writing a review. Digit Widget, EV owner and driver, Maisie Moo Moo 100, Glitter 105, Great Big Show, Proper Foot, Heather Bear, Sally D. Sally, ADH Surbiton UK, Genimo 22, Only Three Stars, Moomismas, Ice Bear 14, Paths Bars, DB Portugal, Niban 2DJ, Crumbs 2020, Poochie Lavish, Martin Zifwad, Martin Zifwad, uh, Michael in Portugal, Suki D, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt, Dominic Riley Borg 12, and the E at Cleveden. And, and we want uh, to thank the following for their contributions ooh. on PayPal. Angela Callot, <laughs> Carol Adlam, Glyn Fullilove, Jan Tomalin, Jane Room, Joanne Smith, Joanne Blunden, Julie Davis, Kathleen Anstey, Lonnie J. Bahar, Mandy Belshaw, Maureen Freiberger, Mrs. C. A. Cox, Patrick Malcher, Rebecca Hurley, Sarah Best and Shaw Chan Fisher. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumdum.com, or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. We were started on Twitter and you can find Yokel Bear at Dum Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. I can be found at Royfield and Yokel Bear is at Yokel Bear. Uh, Facebook, go on there, do some stuff, type in Dum Dum and you can do some stuff under the banner of Dum Dum on Facebook. That's us just about done. Other than to say that, of course, you can support our wondrous, fantastic output of content on YouTube's now you can see Lucy in all of her stereophonic 3D beauty on YouTube by going onto YouTube and typing in Lucy's Week in Ambridge or Dum De Dum and you'll go on there and you'll have so much fun. Don't forget to subscribe and then hit that bell notifications when we have some new content on YouTube. You will find Lucy giving you a monologue on YouTube. And mine and Harriet's thing is going up soon. It's um, Ambridge True Crime, hmm. which will be going up soon, courtesy of Royfield. And I really have to go now because it's 12. So I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Lucy hit stop and I'll do some edits. Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I get a fever that's so hard to bear. You give me fever. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight Fever in the morning, a fever all through the night 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.